Hey guys, Darren Bentley here. And before we get started, I wanted to make a special announcement. We have officially opened registration for the Private Money Conference, which is a three-day live event where you will learn directly from Jay and his team how to raise thousands of dollars in private money to fund all of your real estate deals. Now, in today's changing market, more and more people are losing out to other investors because most of those investors have the cash to fund these deals. Did you know that you are missing out on 87% of the real estate deals out there because you don't have access to private money? Sadly, most real estate investors don't even know this is the reason why they continue to lose deal after deal. And with everything that's happening in the market today, you absolutely need every advantage available to you. And having access to unlimited amounts of private money is your big advantage. So to register for this live event, head over to jconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event, where you will be able to lock in your seat for this live in-person three-day event, which takes place June 12th, 13th, and the 14th in beautiful North Carolina. But you got to be fast because there are a limited number of seats, and when they are gone, they're gone. So again, to take advantage of this incredible event and to learn how to raise all the private money you'll ever need directly from Jay Connor and his team, head over to jayconnor.com forward slash event. Again, that is jayconnor.com, J-A-Y-C-O-N-N-E-R.com forward slash event. Now let's get into today's episode. Well, hello and welcome to another episode. My name is Jay Connor, also known as the Private Money Authority. I'm on the host of this show and I'm just so glad you decided to join in. If you're brand new to the show and you've never tuned in, uh, we talk a lot about private money on this show. Um, we've even been called the Private Money Academy podcast. So we talk a lot about for real estate investors, uh, how to get funding for your deals without relying on the banks, without relying on mortgage companies, without relying on hard money. Because when we talk private money, we're not talking hard money. We're talking private money. But what in the world is private money? Well, private money is when a real estate investor such as yourself borrows money from an individual, a human being, either from their investment capital or their retirement funds. Did you know there's a way that private lenders can use their retirement funds to earn unlimited income, either tax deferred or tax free? So we talk a lot about private money. I've, I've been full-time in real estate investing since 2003 here in Eastern North Carolina. And um, my first six years in the business, uh, I relied on local banks. But then I lost my line of credit with no notice in 2009. And um, I learned very, very quickly about private money. In fact, my uh, definition of coincidence is God's way of staying anonymous and um, I learned about private money. This is the world where you make the rules, not the lender, not the banks. And so you get to set the interest rate and uh, you get to set the terms. And we always bring home a big check every time we buy a property. Private money works for single family houses. It also works for commercial properties as well. 
Um, so I'm so excited about private money. I've got a little over $8 million in private money that we use from property to property. And I tell you, if you do not have private money, you're missing out on most of the deals because quite frankly, most sellers require all the cash. As a matter of fact, my guest on today's show is going to be able to confirm that because he's one of the top producers out there in California. Nonetheless, I'll get him introduced here in just a moment. But uh, in this world of private money, I've never missed out on a deal for not having the funding uh, thanks to private money. Lots of good reasons to use it. You set the rules. You always bring home a big check. You never take any of your own money to the closing when you buy a property. Uh, your credit's got nothing to do with how much money you get. Your verification of income's got nothing to do. So here's the bottom line. If you want to get a lot of private money and a lot of funding for your deals, very, very quickly, I'm so excited. I just finished writing my brand new private money guide, and it's called Seven Reasons Why Private Money Will Skyrocket Your Real Estate Business and Help You Build Incredible Wealth. This will get you on the fast track to private money, and it is free. You can download it at www.jayconner.com forward slash money guide. That's jayconner.com forward slash money guide. Get the guide, and you'll be on your fast track to never missing out on a real estate deal for not having the funding. Well, I'm so excited to introduce my guest today. You are going to love this amazing show. Uh, and here's why. First of all, my guest is a top-ranking real estate professional in the big state of California. And um, he's run a group of agents actually for over a decade. He specializes in luxury properties. In addition to that, he actually specializes in horse properties and dream estates. Can you believe well, what he does is he uses the newest and the most outstanding marketing techniques because, after all, if you're selling a house, I mean, it's important to get noticed when it comes to buyers and agents and all that type of thing. Well, in addition to that, he is a short sale expert. So if you are a real estate investor or you want to be a real estate investor uh, or you are a realtor, uh, we're going to talk about short sales and how they are coming back in the market. He's also an expert in the world of short-term rentals or Airbnbs, also about uh, how to work auctions. So he has got a plethora of information that you're just going to love. And so with that, I'm so excited to introduce, as my guest on today's show, Nathaniel Getzels. Nathaniel, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Absolutely, Nathaniel. Well, <clears throat> first of all, I'm interested in hearing your backstory of how in the world did you get involved in real estate and get interested in it to begin with? <clears throat> Absolutely. So years ago, I was um, finishing my master's degree. And at that point, I taught in uh, just about every level of school uh, from preschool administrator through uh, college professor. And um you know, I had realized at that point I was getting offered all these jobs and education and all these things. And at that point, um, basically everything education, the education system teaches us is the antithesis of being a successful entrepreneur. And so I could not imagine doing any of these jobs anymore and being in that field. 
Uh, so I had to sit back and go, okay, well, what are all the things, what, what could I picture myself doing and not wanting to, you know, uh, be dead instead of working? Uh, so what, what got to me excited, right? What, um, not just what are you passionate about, because when you're passionate only without operational uh, tactics, you're just like a drunk person, right? It basically, if you're only acting on passion, it's all just, it's the same as if you're drunk. But if you take what you're passionate about and you systemize it, then you could do something really special. So I had studied the way people work, people move, uh, why they move, where they move, how cities grow, um, why cities grow, and how to predict where they grow. And then I had a, a dirty little secret, which was at night when I was in college, I'd go and I'd pop open my computer and I'd uh, I'd surf the web for, for, for houses and look at Zillow all night. So, you know, I, uh, I was doing that. So I was like, okay, I had to kind of figure out how to combine all the things I was passionate about. And then, oh yeah, because my uh, passion was always in the helping profession and the whole basis of everything I do is how, what can I bring to the table? Not what can I take from it? So I figured out how I could uh, help people with one of the largest uh, financial choices of their life that could actually literally guide them and generations ahead uh, on a, on a great positive path. So I thought, okay, how do I combine one and help people at the highest level, even if it's not their, their biggest financial uh, choice, it, it's a big guiding factor, right? So what I did is I took, how could I help people at the highest level? How can I still incorporate all of the things I was passionate about and the psychology of real estate and the uh, psychology aspect and uh, put it together to something that made money, which uh, I literally dropped what I was doing as I was finishing my thesis, went headfirst into real estate and haven't looked back in the last 13 years. Man, that's exciting. Did I hear you say you were a professor uh, at a college or university at one time? Yeah, I taught as a grad student at um, two colleges. I, um, I was a behavior therapist for children with disabilities um, that were in inclusive environments. I was a um, certified preschool administrator. I taught in high school, junior high school. Uh, I ran the gambit, pretty much, of the educational span, if you will. Well, it sounds like for the past 13 years, you have uh, found your passion and you are following your passion. One of the most common questions I get these days on this side of COVID is uh, where's the real estate market going? And, you know, I know that is somewhat market specific. I mean, for example, you know, some folks that I interview here on the show recently say, oh, we're going into a real estate recession. Some say we're going into a recession, but a not a real estate recession. Here in my small market in eastern North Carolina, we're not going into a real estate recession anytime soon because there's no inventory and there's like nothing being built. And um, so, you know, when I put a house on the market here in my local area in eastern North Carolina, within 24 hours, we have, you know, in the teens of showings, you know, multiple offers written, uh, you know, over the, you know, over asking price. But you, um, I, I think you may have a tendency to geek out a little bit. Is a little, a little thing, which is a good thing, by the way. 
Um, but I think, uh, I think you probably got a strong opinion based on facts and statistics as to what you think the real estate market is going to do on the big picture. So what does Nathaniel Getzel's crystal ball say today? Well, I think the, a big thing to understand first is what's the difference between uh, deceleration and decline, right? So I, I, I explain it like this. Um, you know, last year, the, the real estate market went up overall about over 20%, right, which is, is unsustainable. So if you think about it like a car, you're driving down the highway. And we were driving, you know, 110 miles per hour. But you know there's a there's a speed trap coming up, right? So you're not you're not going to be able to get away with that for too much longer. So you slow back down to 70 miles an hour. Well, you're still flying. You're still going 70 miles an hour, which is still faster than normal. You're still getting where you need to go. You know, you're not sitting in traffic, but it feels like you're crawling now because you know you're not going 110 anymore. But it's actually sustainable and you can do that much longer term with a lot less danger of a crash, literally a crash. See what I did there? <laughs> I, I did geek out on that one. But um, <laughs> actually, that was pretty good, uh, Nathaniel. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So I'm really, not going to ask you if it was intentional. <laughs> <laughs> we'll just pretend it was and we'll, we'll go. Yeah. <laughs> but so what, what's happening is we're kind of getting back what it feels like in most places to a normal market and um, you know, interest rates have, have gone back up to a little bit higher than where they were, but probably where they would have been if the pandemic hadn't happened. And um, you know, there's some markets that are bubbly like Austin, Texas and a few places. Um, uh, there's a bunch in Florida. There's actually some in your home state there uh, more in North Carolina than South Carolina. Um, and there, there, there's some bubbly cities, right? And that's just what I mean by that is the um, cost of housing has far outpaced the uh, wages and inflation. So there's nothing to support those values. It's just emotion. And once people kind of come to their senses, if you will, overall as a society, I think those those places you'll have some problems, especially if you bought within the last year, just because the prices went up so, so fast and so, so high. Um, but overall, I think what we'll see probably as a country over the next year is you'll still see gains. They'll be a lot slower, right? So maybe instead of 20% gains, you'll see between 5 to 8% gains, which still above normal, normal in, the, in, in real estate is 3.5%, 4%. So you're still making money. Um, but it's, it's a different, the frenzy, some of the frenzy and a lot of the, the markets is, 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 uh, dampened, if you will. Now in LA and the top markets, if you have a good house, it's still going to sell very quickly and you're going to sell it for a lot of money and it's a great time to sell it. But, you know, maybe if you have a fixer, instead of just throwing it on the market when it was on fire, literally you could sell it then now, maybe you have to do some of the fixing to get your top dollar, you know? So it's just, I think it's actually what we're doing is we're, we're pivoting into a much healthier market. So what, one of the other things you're going to see is a lot of these agents who've gotten in the market the last few years, they're going to be out because they don't know what to do. 
But as far as investing goes, you have to be a lot smarter and take a lot better, uh, better advice and do your homework. Because if you previously, you could just throw something up there, you're probably going to make money in, in, you know, a relatively decent amount of time. Uh, but and I mean, in a relatively quick amount of time. Now, if you buy the wrong thing, there's a higher possibility that you get stuck in it. Right. So that's going to be the big difference. The market's still good. People are still making money. You know, inventory is low across the board. Um, prices are still going up right now. Keep an eye out for stagflation. That will the the people to keep an eye out for that the, the most, though, are new time uh, first time home buyers. That's going to affect them the most. I mean, you know, a huge percentage of the properties across the country are being bought by institutional investors. And I don't know about you, but I know uh, one of the ways that I cheat when I know where, where when I look where to invest, because I invest all over the world. Um, I've, I've invested in countries I've never even been to and I'm making money in places I've never been. And so one of the things I do is I look who else is investing there, right? Like where, you know, these big companies, they spend hundreds of millions of dollars, billions of dollars sometimes to figure out where to invest and how and, and why. So I, I'll do my own investigations, absolutely, and I'll, I'll figure out, you know, uh, everything I can see, right, on the data I have access to. But I also look at what the big, big companies are doing. You know, back in the day, they always say, well, look where they're putting a Starbucks and you'll know where the market's going, you know, if it's a good market or not. Look where there's a Whole Foods, you know, who's going to pay $20 for strawberries, right? Like these companies, they do do their homework, right? So one of the things I did is I went, okay, well, the thing I see, which is the biggest change that's coming that I don't think people realize yet is rents are going to go so far up. They're actually, it's houses in general are changing as an asset class and rents are going to go up. People are going to be spending far more than before uh, uh, as far as percentage of their income on rents. And that's where the big institutional investors are also investing in. You know, they're buying a whole city in, in Florida. They're buying 50, 60 homes in, in Augusta. They're buying, you know, it's, it's not one or two homes. It's let's control the markets. And because they can see that interest rates will go up, and that does lower the number of people in the buyer pool, which means those rentals are going to go up in value because the less people that can buy, the more people that have to rent. And people, just because they can't buy, doesn't mean they're not actually making money or don't want to live in a nice place. So they're still going to be spending money to rent and have the lifestyle that they feel, right? Still, we go back to the feelings and people's emotions that they feel they deserve, which will drive up rents for everybody. Real quick, y'all, you guys already know that I don't run any ads on this and I don't sell anything. And so the only ask I can ever ask of you guys is that you help me spread the word so we can help more real estate investors make more money, feed their families, and have the private money they need to fund their deals. And the only way we can do that is if I ask you to rate and review and share this podcast. So the single thing that I ask you to do is you can just leave a review. It'll take you 10 seconds or one type of the thumb. It would mean the absolute world to me. And more importantly, it may change the world of someone else. 
So to recap, um, I love your analogy, by the way, of, you know, the real estate market for the last couple of years. I mean, who would have guessed what real estate values have done since COVID and during COVID? I mean, my crystal ball sure didn't, sure didn't see that. Yeah. And, and it, it's because we didn't see COVID, right? And, and those pressures, but everything that was happening was already in act in movement, right? It was in action. It was happening. It was just happening really slowly. So it's kind of like, you know, we are on a normal path and someone poured gasoline on the fire and it just, whew, you know, just blew up literally just, you know, all the prices went up, the demand went up, the, the supply, which you could think of as the wood went down because it got burned and there wasn't, there's not, you can't put new logs on there fast enough. So, yeah. you know. And so your prediction on rental rates going out the ceiling makes a lot of sense to me. It comes back to supply and demand. And I really like your insight on what's going to be driving the supply and demand or driving those rental rates is there's going to be a much greater, as you said, demand for rentals because people that would ordinarily be buying a home are not going to be able to buy it. Um, but they still want to live in a nice home. And as a result, uh, the rental rates are going to, are going to be higher, which makes a case for real estate investors to hold on to a percentage of your portfolio. And if you're a flipper, don't flip everything you got, right? That's absolutely right. In fact, and I'm sure that the, you and, and you're, you've talked about this before, but the way to win in real estate is to hold on. <laughs> you will build the most wealth by holding on. If it's, you know, uh, if you're if you're a borrower, you need to make sure that you can maintenance your debt, right? Service your debt. And if you're a lender, you know, you want to lend that out as much as you can to, to all these people who need to service their debt, right? Because the, the only way you lose in real estate is if you stop. Right? Once I have nothing to buy or sell, or I'm out of money, then I stop and then I really lose. Otherwise, if I have a loss here, I can take it out of a gain there. If I have a gain there, I can take it out of a loss over there. So that part's fine. You just have to keep going. So right now, I see a lot of people selling, which only makes sense to me if you're investing that money in something that's going to be a higher yield property, right? And, you know, with inflation going up so fast, it's great to leverage your money because, uh, you know, if I'm borrowing at today's expensive dollars and I'm paying back at tomorrow's deflated dollars, it's a great it's a great strategy, right? I'm literally hedging from inflation just by owning a property and, and paying a mortgage with a fixed rate. That makes exactly. sense. Exactly, makes yeah. a lot of sense. Um, so, just to make, uh, go ahead, Nathaniel. Go ahead. I was, gonna, I was just want to finish that point. Is yeah, holding is great as long as you can service the, the debt that you have on the, whatever the property is, because it's going to go up so much. And these big companies are hoarding properties. And the, the other thing to remember about when, when properties go into portfolio, they're gone. They're not coming back. Nobody's going to go, oh, I'm going to go break up my portfolio and sell one at a time. Even when these institutions, for the most part, there are, there are exceptions, but for the most part, when they go and sell these, these properties, they're going to sell them as a portfolio to another institutional investor. They're, these properties are off the market kind of forever, if you could think of it that way. 
That makes sense. Um, so uh, I, I don't want to close down the show yet because I got a couple more important questions I want to ask. But mm-hmm. for those, but for anyone that's needing to jump off, I want uh, Nathaniel for you to go ahead and give out your contact information and why it is that someone may want to connect with you. Sure. Well, you could connect for any number of reasons. Obviously, if you have any uh, real estate needs here in California or um, you know anywhere else, I have networks of people all over the place. But here in California, you can connect with me on that. I also, on my Instagram, which is at Getzel's Group, um, on Instagram, at Getzel's Group, G-E-T-Z-E-L-S, uh, G-R-O-U-P, I post um, valuable videos about the real estate market uh, every week, several times a week. And then I also, um, you can also DM me with any questions you have there. Also feel free to call me. My phone number is 818-535-5337. You can text call. Uh, if you go to my Instagram though, it has my phone number, my email, my blood type, my hair, my fingerprints. I mean, I, I think it even has a, a heel print in there. So you can get everything you need right there, but, um, you know, happy to help. I love to connect and uh you know talk to people about about the market that's awesome thank you for sharing that nathaniel you already alluded to this but i want to drill down on the ways that you have discovered to really identify new secret spots to invest in oh yeah well it's a it's a combination of of different things but i mean that the first one which is tried and true and i recommend for everyone is definitely depend on experts. You can call people in in the markets you're interested in and kind of drill down on on the details. But initially, just figure out a formula and and know what you're looking for. Most people in real estate, their biggest mistake is they don't really have a plan. They think they do, but there's no actual plan. They just think, oh, I get a property. You know, they plan to buy it. They plan how to get the the mortgage. They plan to, to, to purchase it. And then we I'm rich somehow, but, but there's no, there's no, you know, operation plan after that. There's no exit plan. There's no strategy on that. So what you have to do is like, I have a formula. So I, one of the things I like to invest in is, is developing markets in, in the world. Right. And one of the reasons I like to, I like to invest in developing markets is developing markets um, like the U.S. has ups and downs and bigger, bigger, more established markets have up and downs. But some of these uh, developing markets haven't had a recession in 20, 25 years because they have so much to grow. It's all just growth, growth, growth. Right. So for that, like I have a formula. Uh, is it open for international investing? How long has it been open for international investing? Is it uh, is there a global attraction? What's the attraction for that area? What's the been the last five years of growth? What's the future projected growth, right? And then I always have three scenarios. What do I know is going to happen? What do I think is going to happen? And what do I wish is going to happen, right? So the wish is kind of like the lottery. Like if everything goes just right, like you go to the, the store, you get the right lottery ticket, you come home, you win, you get all the money, you don't die the next day and everything's good, right? That That's the, the third option. But so... I need my first option, which is this is what I know pretty, pretty um, like I'm pretty sure is going to happen just based on hard facts that are not emotional or, or, or very volatile. And then number two, 
I figure out, okay, this is like a good case scenario, what has a high likelihood of happening. And then obviously if the lottery is always a good thing, but if all three of those are like acceptable and things I would go for, then that's, that's one of the, um, that's, that's one of like the ways I go. Okay. So, I, and what, so what I do is I build an outline and a model and I just find places that fit that model and plug in the parts. So over time you go, okay, you don't even have to think about it. You go, okay, well, this is an international, for example, this is an international location. This has international appeal. It has the gains I want. It's in the price point I'm interested in. It's somewhere I, you know, understand the government enough to know it's, it's volatile or not volatile. You know, it, it fits my, my, my structure. And then after it fits the structure, I can go in and really analyze all the numbers and see if, if everything equals out. Does that make sense? It does make sense. Um, who is, uh, which one of the institutional buyers do you follow as an indicator that wherever they're buying, that's probably a good place to invest? Well, for the institutional investors, I look at how much they're buying first, right? Because so in an area that like they just bought a whole city, for example, in uh, one of them just bought a whole city in, in, in Florida. Now, I don't have that kind of capital, right? I'm not buying. I'm not myself going to go and buy a whole city. But I look at what the formula or what the reason is that they bought there, right? So does that mean I'm going to go next door to that city and necessarily buy? It? No, but I'm going to look at what was the formula? What's the purpose, right? Why are they buying that? And I go, okay. So like a Blackstone or a, a Lehman Brothers, right? They're, they're, they're two of the biggest ones I follow right now. And I look at what they're buying and why they're buying it. Not as much the location because they're so spread out, but I look at the type of market. So is it an A market? Is it a B market? Is it higher end? Is it lower end? Is it who lives in that market, right? Is it, is it families? Is it a transient market? Um, so I look at the type of market and what they're going to do with it, if I can figure it out, which they usually will tell you ahead of time. So it's very easy to figure out. But so and then I go, OK, well, how can I replicate that model? How can I take like the things they're going to do, the type of neighborhood and buy something that fits my model that will make money for me? That's still a safe investment. Makes sense. Well, I did promise that we would talk a little bit about uh, short-term rentals and short sales, but since we're running out of time, I've just got one question for each. Okay. Given your experience with short-term uh, rentals, what's your best advice to a real estate investor that's never invested in a short-term rental? Best advice. Best advice, short-term rental. Okay. Um, get a good formula. So get a good management company. The secret's still in the buy, guys. It's all in the buy. I would use an AI tool to project as much as humanly possible what my uh, income's going to be and still buy low. Um, and what is an AI tool? Well, so like I was just put on the board of directors for a company called Houselet, and they have an investment call arm called Orgato, and they will... Um, if you partner with them, they will analyze all your short-term rentals and tell you, um, you know, like you could look at AirDNA, for example. AirDNA is a great tool. You can go in. It will tell you 
what it'll project what the income on that property is going to be. And there are other factors, but doing that and then adjust your price daily. Use use a tool like AirDNA or another tool to adjust your price daily. So if you buy it right and you adjust your price per the market, those are the two biggest mistakes I see people make is they either buy wrong or they buy where short-term rentals aren't actually allowed. Uh, and then they have the wrong price. So check out, you're allowed to buy there. Make sure you buy at the right price. Build a good team who, who is experienced with short-term rentals. If you're going to use an agent, make sure they're experienced with short-term rentals. A lot of agents are not experienced with short-term rentals, and they'll just tell you to buy whatever, and you'll be stuck in it. So adjust the price regularly. Use AI to project your income and buy, buy the right thing. Awesome. Um, and then short sales. So given the market, do you see short sales increasing? Do you see short sales declining? I mean, you know, I've heard a lot of opinions out there, you know, with the rise in prices that we've seen and may still see there may not be as much uh, opportunity for a real estate investor to take care of or to take advantage and buy at a short sale price because of inflated values, what's your opinion? So overall, um, we're not gonna see a big jump in short sales, but you are gonna see a small increase. So equity is in most markets in the US specifically, but the US and the UK both, equity is at an all time high in most markets. So there's not going to be a huge driver of people uh, selling distressed. Now, that doesn't mean that there isn't going to be any driver. There's small drivers, especially for people who bought in the last year or two, right? And then let's say, let's say I put 20% down on a house and, you know, it's a dual income house and now interest rates go up and one income goes away for whatever reason, lose your job, loss, you know, injury, death, who knows, whatever it is. Well, now those people will be, could be upside down on their house because maybe their, their values, you know, they haven't been going up as fast and, you know, the interest is front loaded on mortgages. So they've really just been paying interest at that point. And then those are the groups of people that will, might be in for, for a short sale. But overall, there aren't any big factors that show there's going to be a huge increase in short sales. However, they're going to go up a little bit because of these kinds of situations that um, will become more prevalent. And because prices aren't going up 20% a year, you can't just turn around and sell it for way over what you bought it for, right? That It's a healthier market, but for people who uh, run into a problem, there are some a little more, uh, a few more pitfalls for them. Very good. Well, Nathaniel, we're now to the part of the show to where you get to give the parting and final comments. Oh, wow. Well, my, uh, what I would leave you with is, uh, the difference between someone who, uh, wins in real estate and loses in real estate is the winners in real estate, um, hate failure, but the losers in real estate fear failure and run from it. Now that is some wise advice right there, Nathaniel. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us. One more time, let's share Nathaniel's best way to connect with him. And that is his Instagram. 
and that is at Get Souls Group. That's at G-E-T-Z-E-L-S Group, G-R-O-U-P. And Nathaniel, from what I can understand and take away from you, you are glad to take on questions and direct messaging uh, on your Instagram, right? I absolutely am. Yep. Uh, Nathaniel, thank you so much for joining me. I appreciate you, man. My pleasure. There you have it, my friend. Another episode, another show. I'm Jay Connor, the Private Money Authority, and I really need your help. If you know someone that you think would really enjoy and benefit from uh, watching or tuning in, listening to this show, uh, share this episode with them if you would. I also really appreciate the likes and the shares. If you're watching us on YouTube, be sure and click that bell so you don't miss out on any of the upcoming amazing episodes that we have here. I'm wishing you all the best. Here's to taking your real estate investing business to the next level. And we'll see you right here on the next show. Mm -hmm.